everyone, and welcome to Sugar Pills, your practical guide to self-care. I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I can't wait to help you lead a more joyful life. So let's get started on this week's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. So before we dive into today's episode, which will be a very inspiring conversation with Dr. Miko, don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to share this with a few friends who might need a little bit of self-love today. And don't forget to tag me over on Instagram at Candy Washington with your aha moments from the podcast, and I will repost you and tag you back. Also, look out in the show notes for our free self-care resources and other ways to connect. So without further ado, let's meet Dr. Miko. She is a consulting psychologist and a new author. Her debut book, Random Olives for a Fruitful Life, Life is a Treasure Hunt, encourages you to create a transformational experience, to live a well-balanced life, and to begin the healing process from, from trauma. It also helps you to begin your journey on becoming your authentic self. So those are everything that we love here on Sugar Pills. So welcome, Dr. Miko. Thank you for having me on Sugar Pills. Uh, I've been following you for a bit and I enjoy the segments that you have. So I am thrilled to be a part of your podcast. Absolutely. I'm honored to have you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your background as a consulting psychologist and then um, a little bit about the inspiration behind your new book? Okay, thank you. Yes, as a consulting psychologist, I primarily work with uh, children and families. And I also do a lot of research and work on trauma. And that is pretty much the catalyst that allowed me to want to write a book, a self-help book to help people begin the healing process. The thing about trauma is that a trauma that we experience is an individual experience, uh, but the journey in reference to healing can be a shared experience. And when I started thinking about a self-help book, I didn't want, want to write a book that was so wordy and got the reader lost and reading about what they should and shouldn't do. I wanted to write a book that was more lofty, that had positive motivational quotes and life experiences that the reader could pretty much apply to their life and begin looking at their life uh, in a way of how they wanted it to be at the end of their journey and some of the things that they experienced as they were moving towards life and creating a journey for themselves of healing. And healing is not easy to do. I understand that trauma is a very compound, complex experience for individuals that experience it. And none of us are free from trauma. We all have some level of trauma. It's just how we manage it, how we perceive the experience in a sense of how we want to get healthy. And getting healthy, again, are some of the cornerstones of my book in relation to taking the reader on a journey and like I said, in the title, almost like a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. And so for those listening, can you explain what is trauma? You know, I think it's a, it's a buzzword that we use and, you know, we all throw it out there. Like there's big trauma, little trauma. So just for everyone who's listening, how are you defining uh, trauma that we experience in our lives? And you made a great point. There are different levels of trauma. There's definitely multiple uh, indicators of, of situations of how a person may be exposed to trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the opportunity to do some research and out of the works of actually Dr. Nadine 
Burke Harris, who's also from California, who's your, I believe, current Surgeon General. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the trauma uh, that she does her uh, research upon looks at how trauma sometimes can be an indicator for mental health and also physical health. So it's very important that we understand where the trauma is coming from and how that has impacted us. And one of the scales that we look at is called ACES. It's the Adverse Childhood Experiences. And it's a 10 point scale that we look at. And it's an assessment of some of the trauma that we've made experience as a child. And if we don't do anything to treat it or have levels of intervention as an adult, that trauma is still there affecting our day-to-day life and our functioning. So trauma can be simple trauma, trauma could be complex trauma. Even if we take the current pandemic that we're experiencing, it's some level of trauma for individuals at multiple levels. Some people may have trauma from possibly a loss of a family member or a friend. Uh, Someone may have trauma due to the financial impact. Another person may have trauma based on a loss of a job. And another person may have trauma based on the pure fact of the medical impact of the uh, pandemic. I'm talking about Mm COVID-19. So that's a simple way to look at how trauma can have an effect on people in different ways from the same situation, but the experiences may be different. And most importantly, how does trauma impact my day-to-day functioning? Am I able to hold down a job? Am I able to go to school? Am I able to be in social situations? Am I able to function as a quote unquote, I'll say normal adult or child, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. or is my trauma impacting my ability to do some of these things? And that's when it becomes problematic. Right. And also if it's not treated, it can develop into moderate to severe mental health issues and physical ailments as well. Exactly. So what I'm hearing is that the, we're defining trauma as a distressing or disturbing experience. And then Correct. that experience itself can be big or small, um, long lasting, or maybe just one time. And then it's the effects of that experience um, becomes traumatic on us. And then how we manage now that experience of that trauma is what's important. So do you yes, have- mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you have um, some tips on, or some tools on how we can manage you know, big trauma, little trauma in our life. So if we are listening to this and we identify with, you know what, you're right. The pandemic has really been traumatic for me. I'm struggling. Or I just went through a breakup. That's been traumatic for me. I'm struggling. Or, you know, I grew up in an abusive household. That's traumatic for me. I'm struggling. So if someone is going through trauma, what are some tips and tools that they can use to manage that trauma in a healthy way? Okay. And it also, like I said, it depends on what you stated earlier. It also depends on the type of trauma. So I don't want to mislead everyone because we can't just put, even if you had big trauma, but if it's sexual abuse compared to someone that was uh, a victim of, I'll say robbery, whatever the case may be. Yes. It's based on the person and their interpretation and their level of attachment to that trauma. Mm-hmm but it's going to be a different type of experience. You know, the violation, the, I'll say the, the degree of the violation. So I don't want to minimize it at all. Right. In reference to the type of trauma that an individual is either exposed to or experiences is going to dictate the type of treatment or intervention that may be beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. So if someone 
experience abuse, you know, domestic violence or sexual abuse, then they would need to be in some type of treatment that a person uh, that is treating them is seasoned in those types of areas. Because if not, that person may not be able to help you. You just can't go to, I'll say, a random practitioner. You need to have someone that specializes in those types of traumas. And I always talk, when I talk to a lot of times to even students that I teach at the college, whatever, you, if you break your ankle, you can't go to a throat and neck doctor. You have to go to a pediatrician. You have to go to a podiatrist, yeah, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. right? So it has to be the appropriate level and this appropriate type of treatment to treat the problems or the situations that the person is going through. And I'm a big proponent of that because there's a lot of treatment providers out there and yes, they do a wonderful job. But when we talk about trauma, it's a specialty. And part of the onus on the person that's experienced the trauma is that we can't allow ourselves to be shamed about the trauma that we experience. Mm because we don't allow ourselves to get the help that we need. And I know that's really difficult. And I know that's hard because some of those, I'll say those hardcore types of, you know, experiences or being victimized. I know those, I know those things are difficult and, but we can't shame ourselves when we put ourselves into a bind where we don't ask for help. So the first line of intervention is being able to ask for help to be able to say that I'm hurting, I'm in pain. This is still hurting me. This happened when I was 20, now I'm 40. I haven't had the opportunity to deal with it because I was shamed about it. Or maybe I didn't even know that it was happening or going on. A lot of times we suppress some of those traumatic events. Mm -hmm. But what starts happening, it starts seeping out in our experiences, our relationships, our friendships. You know, when we've possibly gone through a situation, it may be a trigger that unleashes those feelings and those emotions and those experience behind the trauma. Yeah. And so how, it's, oh yeah, I was just going to say that, um, how does trauma show up in our lives? Like what, like what are some examples of, 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 of trauma sabotaging our lives? A lot of times I'm going to say also, that also depends on the age of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, why I say that, because depending upon your age, you're going to have different experiences. So perhaps it's a younger person. I'm going to say between 16 and 18, maybe at the beginning of them having friends, friendships and schools or trying to connect to different clubs and schools and things like that, or trying to find out what they want to do and or become, or being able to relate in different situations and then begin to feel a little awkward Well, I don't fit in, whatever the case may be or some of the family distress that they're exposed to as well. They're not understanding why their experiences in their family household looks quite different from their friend. I thought that maybe someone touching me inappropriately was okay, but when I go to Johnny's house, I don't see that happening. That's when you start that questioning process about something's just not quite right. And when I say we may not know exactly what it is as far as something not being right, but we know something does not feel comfortable to us. So we start questioning and possibly digging deeper or feeling we're not quote unquote, like my friends, I feel different. And someone a little bit older, I'll say between the ages of maybe 20 to 30, they might find 
um, the identification of some of the trauma or it's seeping out based on some of the either platonic or intimate relationships that they're forming. Those things are sometimes, every relationship that we have is a mirror to our experiences. They may not always be positive or pleasant, but there's a mirror and it tells us a story sometimes about ourselves as well. So right. you may begin to say, hey, why do I always have difficulty when it comes to you know, having, I'll say a healthy relationship like I said, whether it's a friendship or intimate relationship with someone, um, I began to think about some of the things that, you know, have been occurring or had occurred, you know, in my early childhood or late adulthood, whatever the case may be, but I don't feel quite right. We start questioning things. You know, sometimes some people have dreams about certain things. And like I said, it's so suppressed in their memory that it doesn't come out in their day to day. Um, cognitive thinking. So it may come out in their dreams as depressed thoughts and feelings. Or sometimes we see people that act out, they're angry all the time, or the other, or the converse of that, they're sad, they're depressed, don't quite know why. But even based on some of the research, even some of us that may not have had those extreme traumatic events, like I said before, we all have experienced some level of trauma. And on the ACEs scale, uh, as I was talking about before, the scale goes from one to 10. And mm -hmm. it's a simple scale that you look up online. It's called the Adverse Childhood Experience Scale. It's called ACEs. And you just fill out the questionnaire. The questions are one through 10. Uh, there's questions about your family background and experiences and some of your personal experiences. And it looks at, did you grow up in a domestic violence home? Did you have a family member that was an alcoholic? And you just check off yes or no. Mm -hmm. And each question that you check off, you get a point for. So anywhere between four and above, put someone at moderate to severe risk of having a severe level or exposure to trauma. So that's a simple way to even do a self-assessment or if you're going to a practitioner, that's probably what they're gonna talk to you about, like what's your ACEs score? Uh, that's some of the conversation about trauma and some of the research about how do we assess possibly what someone has experienced. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I love um, some of the points that you made about the different types of trauma and, and getting the awareness around, hey, maybe I've had a traumatic experience. And then I would um, also know that trauma can also show up in your life as anxiety Depre um, depression, eating disorders, um, as you touched upon, you know, anger issues are easily triggered. Um, and then also, of course, you know, like PTSD, which kind of like encompasses all of those. And then again, you know, as you said to having difficulty forming, you know, healthy interpersonal relationships, you know, whether it's at the job or whether it's with your friends or with a romantic partner, you know, if you kind of struggle to make those healthy bonds and those healthy relationships, um, that might be a sign that, you know, you have unresolved trauma going on that's, that's um, preventing you from having those healthy types of relationships. And then again, like you touched Absolutely. upon, um, feeling disconnected from your own emotions. Like, you know, maybe you are sad or depressed, but you're not tapped into it. You're kind of numb to yourself because you've been numbing out the trauma that you've numbed out. Cause Absolutely. you can't just numb out one emotion. You numb them all out. So then you're numb to yourself at all. 
to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's that. precisely right. Mm -hmm. That's precisely right. And I, what I try to focus on in my book mm -hmm. um, is the relationship that you have with yourself. Exactly. And, you know, and like you were saying, that level of being disconnected, how do you reconnect to yourself? And like I said, when you read my book, it's a little lofty, but it has, you know, undertone and messages and things like that. It's not a self-help book, self -help book about, okay, if you feel anxiety, you do this. It's not that type of book. Mm -hmm. It's the book where I take life experiences that I've had personally with people, travel, even great food, whatever, but it brings about a conversation or a reflective moment and or a memory, a thought or a feeling. So part of my book, um, taking a person on that journey is so they can discard some of the things or the mundane activities that we indulge in. And how do we feel a level of, I'll say, completeness about self? Now I'm not saying that I'm waving the magic wand in my book and that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> but it, it begins to open your eyes like, wow, maybe I didn't take really good care of myself or perhaps I didn't look at this experience in this most beautiful way that I could and how it, it meant something to me to make me feel that I matter. So when you think about like my book, Random Olives, it's about doing small things for yourself. Mm -hmm. Just like we had the book, uh, Random Acts of Kindness, um, we were doing for other people. This is about doing things for yourself. And taking a look at yourself is so important to do that. And it was not even planned for my book to come out now, um, you know, during the pandemic and when we're feeling all these different feelings of, uh, you know, being disconnected and the, the social aspect of our lives is being thwarted. You know, it's more so about what can we create for ourselves that makes us feel fulfilled. And that's the most important thing for me. Um, and having people wanting to feel a sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment, a sense of what I do matters in relation to myself. And also I can take care of myself, it's okay, and take care of other people. Absolutely. And, I and that's hard for a lot of people to do. <laughs> Good. No, definitely, definitely. That's, that's the work. <laughs> um, but I know that you said you, <laughs> you um, I know that you said, um, that you talk a lot about uh, transformational experiences and how to create one. So, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about that? Yes, that's not a problem. So, like, I'll just give you an example. Um, in my book, there's a there's there's motivational passages, but on the left hand side of the book, um, mm -hmm. I wanted the individual to create a vision board for themselves, so they can actually see how they could get there. So I'll give you an example. So on one page of my book, it's called uh, Relinquish Control. How do I do that? You know, it sounds easy to do. You know, if I have to give up control, then I don't have a sense of purpose. Sometimes people will say that or feel that way. They may not say it verbally like that, but they feel that way. Mm -hmm. So very simple. In my book, um, I talked about when I took a trip to Italy. I was in Milan. Uh, my first time there in Milan. I actually uh, took a train to Firenze from Milan. And the title of the passage states, be a guest, not a host. And it was all over having a impromptu dining experience with people that I didn't know, <laughs> with pleasant food, pleasant artisanal cheeses and whatever the case may be. But more importantly, um, what I assigned to the passage and all the passages have different pictures so you can kind of like actualize and feel yourself in the moment or the experience. 
But when I entitled it, uh, be a guest, not a host, it was like in order for you to gain power and control, you have to be able to relinquish it. Mm-hmm. So that's a different mindset. Because a lot of times we're thinking about, even if I'm in pain or experiencing something that's very difficult, I have to have, excuse me, all this control around the issue or, or the thing that's happening to me. You know, sometimes we have to relinquish control, let it go and come back to it or still be able to say, I own this, I own this situation, I own this experience. It's okay. It was okay that I didn't perform at the level that I needed to perform at. It's okay. Things didn't work out the way that I thought in this moment. But what do we do? Do we dwell in that moment or we do, or do we acknowledge it? It's the difference of acknowledging it and dwelling in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because as we know, I mean, so cliche, nothing's perfect, but we have to allow ourselves to also allow ourselves to let ourselves off the hook and forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and those are some of the things that um, are painstaking sometimes. And it seems so easy, just forgive yourself, let it go. And people can't. And that's when I see people, you know, as a psychologist in pain because they can't. And not saying that some things are so whimsical and easy that you should say, oh, forget about it. I'm not saying it in that way. But if something is painstaking and not allowing us to move forward in life, we have to either deal with it, confront it. And even after we do that, we have to put it away and we have to move forward. If not, we're going to be stuck. Absolutely. Um, And I think stuck is a good word for it. Like what came up for me when you were talking about, you know, letting go of control is you really have to just sometimes just surrender, Right. You just need to just surrender and just say, you know what, I don't have control over this. I don't have control over the situation, but I trust that it will unfold, you know, in the best way for me ultimately. And you just really have to surrender it. And I think um, to your point about letting go of control is when you're able to do that, you actually empower yourself. Absolutely. When you know, like there are things I can control and there's things I can't control. And when you focus on, you know, in a healthy, positive way, controlling things that you can and letting go of things you can't, that gets you unstuck, like you said. And it also eliminates helplessness because when you, because when you think that you have control over something that you actually in reality do not have control over it, you ultimately end up feeling helpless because you Absolutely. think I have to do something, I have to control this, but if you don't have the power to, then you're left and sort of in this place of like helplessness because it's like, I'm supposed to be doing something, but I can't actually do it. And that's what right. leads you to being stuck. And that's what leads to suffering. Exactly. So I love that exactly. you said that. And then um, the other part that I love that you were saying um, about letting yourself off the hook is I think a huge component of self-love and self-worth and really getting that relationship to yourself is self-compassion showing love and forgiveness and grace and compassion to yourself I think is one of the single most powerful things you can do to lead a fulfilled healthy um, conscious life and a joyful life you know, when you are, that's when you really are able to infuse joy into your life. When you can say, 
I show myself love. I show myself forgiveness. I let myself off the hook. I am a human being. I am not perfect. And that's not what I was. I wasn't put on this earth to be perfect. I was put on this earth to be me. That's when you start to enjoy your life. And that's really what you're talking about in your book. When you talk about all, you know, the random olives and the different experiences and how do you experience them? What's your perspective? It's about enjoying life. Like what are those little moments? What are those little experiences that you have, you know, that you're going to actually be present for? And that's really the enjoyment of life. Yeah. No, the thank you for that summation. I mean, mm-hmm. that is that is totally it. And even little things that I write about, even going to the supermarket, I suggest going to a different lane. You know, <laughs> you know, creatures yeah. of habit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So something like that. That's small. Like I said, it's not about you know. Even in my book, whether you have the money to travel to Italy, it's not about that. It's like I think about like when you were younger and you had that imagination, and you could be sitting in your room, and your mad your imagination could just take you anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And you could have that experience. And that's kind of how I kind of think about it in a sense that you have to create these beautiful experiences for yourself. No one's going to do it for you. I mean, someone may come across your life path to, to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, part of that. But for the most part, you know, we travel as a one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And in being that one, you know, we have to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. You know, it's not about yeah. the external part. Yeah, we can go get our, you know, nails done or whatever the case may be and all those types of things. I'm talking about that internal piece that we travel with all the time. That's us, you, yeah. it's me, it's self. Yeah. So we have to nurture that spirit, you know, that self spirit. And can I just read something to you real quick? Yeah, of course. So uh, the way the book reads, like even if a person was not even reading the full content of the book, and if they just went through the table of contents, it's about a uh, hundred pages. So if you went through the table of contents, that alone, if you read that, is a progressive self journey. So for example, start with uh, explore your range of emotions. That's the first passage. Uh, one of the other ones is always staying in motion. see your authentic self. And that's going to towards the end of the book and then the last um motivational quote is locally which is a word that means the love of beauty and the reason why i put that in there because at the end as the person's going through the book and reading the different passages at the end is self-love love of beauty like you're a beautiful being even with all of our scars our dents our trauma you're a beautiful being and that's the thing about it. You know, when you come out of your experiences, like I said, you may never shed your experiences, but we have to put them away and put them in a place that we can manage them. And that's hard to do. Like I said, I'm not minimizing that whole level of progression. Mm-hmm. But like I said, even reading the book, it takes you on a journey initially, even if you didn't read the full contents and just that little snippet. And also, the uh, passage that talks about begin to see your authentic self. And I call it meditative bliss. And the picture is a picture of a chair, empty chair and a mirror. So it's you sitting with yourself and you deciding if you can get up, look in that mirror and love yourself and connect with yourself as we talked about earlier. So part of it, I'll just read it to you. The stillness of your brain waves, heightened acuity, on your internal GPS, 
believe in the cadence of your heartbeat. Internal healing brings you closer to the one you're hiding from. So that's kind of what we've been talking about, beginning to form that relationship with self. We can't hide for we can't hide from ourselves. Right. So We're, so for the people who you know are listening and might be struggling with self-love, what are mm-hmm. some uh, tips or what guidance do you have on starting to learn how to love yourself unconditionally? Well, I mean, part of it is we have to, we have to discard and renew. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, it's like an old piece of, you know, wood. It's beautiful. You know what I mean? And it's natural form. It's beautiful. It's tattered. It's banged up. You know, it's got splinters, whatever the case may be. We can take that piece of wood. We can sand it down. We can varnish it. We can put glaze on it. We can make it beautiful and pretty. But again, it's a process. And the process of sometimes is that we have to be able to discard those things that are, like we said initially, making us feel stuck and be open to the new. Each day should be a new experience. I don't care if a person's going for a walk, a run, a run, a swim, a conversation. We have to attach meaning, like you were saying earlier, and being present in those experiences. I even know, like, even some of the things that you post on Instagram are beautiful settings with actually with no activity happening in the setting per se. Mm-hmm. It's the beautifulness of the background, the serenity, mm-hmm. the color the lighting, the food, you know, all those things. We have to be able to take those moments in and say, these are some beautiful moments about life. And also the other part is knowing that we have to be able to accept the unexpected or expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. If we're able to expect the unexpected, then we know again, back to the control factor, that things are going to happen. If we feel as though life is going to be just smooth sailing and nothing's going to happen, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. And we're setting ourselves up to, you know, uh, tank out at any moment because we're not going to be able to handle those curveballs, so to speak. Because life is not linear. We don't live life in a linear kind of way. Life, you can go from A to B to Z to D to F to G. That's how life works. Mm-hmm. And if we know that going into it, it kind of, in a way, protects us. Not saying we're expecting the worst. I'm not saying that at all. You know, not being pessimistic. No. But the optimism in knowing that things are going to happen, when it does happen, you're like, okay, I'll take this experience for what it is but I'll be able to take this experience and apply it to another experience that's gonna be similar. So I'm learning something from this. So if we think about things uh, in that way as well, but also another tip that life is about teachable moments mm-hmm. and, and taking that experience in because you will cross that experience again in some form or fashion. And not even you personally, maybe someone else that's close to you and you can kind of give them the insight of how to handle the situation. Even though I talk a lot about self-care and self-love, we also have to contribute in order to prosper as well. We have to contribute 
olives for other people to be able to prosper. Absolutely. And I love that. Um, really what you're talking about is the first component was like the mindset and perspective shift to build resiliency. And that will really help with self-love, you know, like being prepared for what the world will give you and knowing that you can still persevere through it. So really getting that mindset of um, resiliency. And then the last piece you were talking about, you know, is also contributing is really about creating that uh, community with people. So yes, you're taking care of yourself, but you're also giving back. And then the people you're giving back to is pouring back into you as well. So you're creating that healthy um, community with other people. And I think a few other things that people can do, you know, if they're struggling with self-love is um, get a therapist, you know, get a psychologist, get a licensed professional to help yes. you on that journey. Get someone, you know, who is, again, licensed and professional and is objective and someone that you trust and that you feel safe with um, on your journey to sort of unpack, you know, what your traumas have been, what your patterns are, you know, what me, you may or may not be doing to self-sabotage, just any of those things. Just get a licensed professional therapist to really be your guide through that journey. I know another, I know another few things that work a lot is um, meditation, uh, connecting back to nature, connecting back to your creative side, um, establishing healthy boundaries and standards with other people, um, really working on your own self-esteem and then taking care of yourself holistically, I think is a big one too. I think sometimes when people lack self-love or self-worth, they won't eat right. They won't exercise. They won't, you know, join groups or they won't, you know, put themselves out there. They won't date or whatever it is. So really think about taking care of yourself holistically, take care of your mind, body, and spirit um, on all of those levels. And that will definitely help boost your self-esteem and your confidence and your level of um, self-worth. And I also, if I, if I didn't say it, I definitely also think of um, journaling. And again, back to the community piece, get a really good support system of healthy and positive friends and family, or maybe even a romantic partner that can help you and make sure that they are a supplement to your the relationship that you have with your therapist or a psychologist. You don't want to turn your friends and family into your therapist. You want your therapist to be your therapist. But yes. I think those are um, some things that you can start to do. And then I think the last piece on that is, um, especially I think when it comes to self-love and self-worth and taking care of yourself, is really doing some good inner child work. Some really connecting to your inner child, healing that part of you, protecting it. And your inner child is really just that vulnerable part of your psyche, that vulnerable part of yourself that, you know, is the one that really experienced that trauma and is still holding on to it. And so that's really the piece of you that needs that healing. So really, you know, find someone or work on um, some really good inner child work as well. I'm glad you highlighted all those points, uh, my sentiments as well. Of course, you know, being in the field is very important, you know, having that licensed therapist, like I said, that is experienced in the areas that you need and Absolutely. making sure that it's a good fit, you're comfortable, you feel safe, uh, you're able to have that 45 minutes to an hour dedicated to yourself. That is your time to express what you need to express and begin to do that work. Um, that's very important. Also, what you stated about the inner child, the inner child, if the inner child does not heal, the adult does not heal. Exactly. So it's very important mm -hmm. to work on that inner child. 
and even I had made a couple of notes. Um, you know, the inner child, you know, then that trauma, it's the root, it's the vibration, it's the frequency of our pain. And it also helps to, to know what is the barometer of my healing. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, I have to go back to that inner child and say, hey, these are the things that happen at this point in my life. Yes, I may be successful in so many different areas in my life, but I'm in pain because I never worked on healing that inner child. And that's so key to us being healthy and to us starting the journey uh, of health love or com- not saying completing, but being on that journey where we're 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 feeling connected, we're, we're, we're present in our experiences and we're healthy. We're forming these healthy relationships with self and other people, but it's so important to make that connection between the inner child. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's actually what's being triggered when we're triggered. When we, when something happens to us and we find ourselves reacting to it, that's what's actually being triggered is the trauma that the inner child is is holding on to so you have to think am I reacting out of adult self or am I acting out of wounded child self and so that's what's really being triggered because what is happening is your that inner child is remembering that that traumatic experience and so if you're acting out whether in unhealthy ways you're really just trying to protect yourself from not experiencing that negative experience again. So like, you know, for example, if, you know, you say you grew up and your dad just like yelled at you all of the time. And so now maybe in your adulthood, if you hear a guy with an elevated tone, you just go off because you're being reminded of that trauma you had as a child. Even if that guy who's talking to you now may or may not be talking to you in that same negative way, but that's the way you experience it experience it because you're you're experiencing through the lens of your trauma rather than experiencing through the through the lens of the present moment so when you're able to identify those triggers really heal your inner wounded child that's when your healthy adult version shows up and you can say like i'm in the driver's seat now i'm going to protect you we don't have to act out we don't have to avoid we don't have to deny we don't have to you know, um, be angry. Like we can let all of those things go and we can take care of ourselves in a healthy way. And I think that's really what it's about. It's about healing that child and saying, I got you now, you're safe. We can move forward in a healthy way. Absolutely. And I think that when we talked about uh, what were some of the signs of possibly that I experienced trauma Mm -hmm. is also the buzzword of triggers. Mm -hmm. And it's very, something it's it's something that we need to identify or begin to identify about ourselves like what are my triggers because i always say that you don't want to get in the boat and start taking away going away on the boat in the water to wonder if it has a hole in the boat you know what i mean (laughs) you want to check that out before you get into the water and all those kind of things the same thing about our triggers if we know ourselves and we we're becoming in tune with ourselves then we be, you want to work on becoming aware of our triggers. We all have them. Yeah. Like you said, connected through that inner child and those experiences, or even as an adult. So say that maybe you've done all the work and you 
dealt with some of your, the majority of your inner child and you're a full functioning adult and you're feeling good about yourself and you close some of those wounds and you put it in a place where you're managing it. Life happens and sometimes we can develop other triggers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And then we develop other triggers that are so far away and detached from our childhood triggers, but some kind of way they can pull on those. And we think that they're totally separate. You know, it's like the train in the caboose. It kind of connects to some of those old wounds. So we have to be very careful, very careful sometimes the situations that we put ourselves in. We talk about even relationships. We could talk about jobs. We could talk about any type of situation, family situations. It's okay to say, I'm not going to go today. It's all right. I'm not going to partake in this social activity because you know a person or a situation may trigger you. I always think about like the holidays. We all get triggered because we Oof. play certain roles in our families, right? Yeah. Um, and during the holidays, we kind of snap back into those roles and sometimes we're triggered all over again. So a lot of times for people, holidays are triggers, anniversaries around things are triggers. So we want to kind of make sure that when we're working on becoming self-aware, self-actualized, and also engaging in self-love, that we are aware of our triggers as well. Can I read something to you um, that kind of talks about our, uh, our childhood? Yes, uh, it talks about take a step back, no more neutral. Play Scrabble, Connect Four, and Uno. Catch up to your hidden childhood memories. Put it in reverse. Heal beyond shoots and ladders. Now, some of you may not be that old to remember some of those games. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that passage talks about healing. Like I said, and it talks about it in a lighter kind of way. And that's how I wanted the whole book to present to the reader. So it's not so mundane and overwhelming to the reader that they can't navigate you know, some of the things that they need to work on and they're, you know, over, you know, crowded with words and bombarded that it doesn't have any meaning for them. So the way that I wrote the book in that fashion was to be able, the reader, just to focus on those present moments and things that they may have experienced on some level. No, absolutely. That's one thing I love about what you say about the book is that you make self-care and self-love accessible and you make it, um, easily to understand and follow because I think a lot of times with you know self-care wellness all this stuff it can become overwhelming and I think sometimes people can also get really you know what our goal is is to love ourselves and to be compassionate towards ourselves but I think sometimes on the path we actually end up judging and criticizing like I'm not doing it right I'm not doing it well enough I'm not doing it like she's doing it you know, all of these things. I'm not far along enough. Oh, I thought I was healed, but now I'm being triggered, like all of that stuff. And I think it's good to kind of take, you know, our self-care and our healing and our compassion and to say, hey, there's no race here. There's no jargon here. This is just about changing your mindset, changing your perspective from fear to love. And like, just slow down and and let it go. Because there's also the thing of like toxic positivity. You know, where Absolutely. it's like, oh no, we, we're going to, I love, I personally love affirmations, but there, you know, people are just like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And it almost becomes a, a competition and right. it's like, you're not in competition with anyone. This is your personal path to, to healing. This is your personal path to self-love. 
So I, so I love that your book kind of just says, Hey, here are some, here are some experiences, you know, here's our, some, here are some insights. Let's do a vision board and let's just learn to love ourselves, you know, without the extra fluff. I, you say it better than I do. Look, <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And uh, the only objective here is we all have to get there. We're all going to get there in a, in a different fashion, a different time, but you still have to arrive. That's the most important message that I want the person to get or the people to get as a reader and also listening to us uh, having this conversation on the podcast. You have to arrive. Love it. I love it. And I think that's <laughs> such a great note. Um, to As end the train up. just goes by. <laughs> exactly. That's such a great note. So Dr. Mika, I will have everything linked in the show notes where we, where we can connect with you and your book, but please tell everyone where can we find you and where can we find your book? All right. You can find me on Instagram, uh, random olives underscore fruitful life. And my book is for sale on amazon.com and various uh, other literary uh, outlets on the uh, web. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. I absolutely loved our conversation. And so for Thank everyone- you for having me. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And so for everyone listening, don't forget to check out the show notes for where you can connect with Dr. Mika and pick up her book. And be sure to rate, like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a few friends who might need a little bit of extra self-love. And hit me up at info at candywashington.com with any questions and head over to Instagram at candywashington and join me there. Until next time, be well. Thank you so much for joining me and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Head over to Instagram and join me at Candy Washington. I can't wait to hear from you.